Welcome to the After Work Drinks Club, a business podcast where I chat with influential and all-round incredible people to find out how they got to where they are and how you can too. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table and join in because you belong here. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, the founder and CEO of Girls Talk Corporation. We connect our global community to jobs and opportunities. So if you're listening on your morning commute with a coffee, working from home with a cup of tea, or joining us for after work drinks, consider this your time to laugh, learn and level up. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Club. I am back after eight months. It's been so long. I'm back with a new and regular format for my podcast, but I'll tell you more about that a bit later. But let's get to the important stuff. Right. What am I drinking? So, you know, I love gin. So I'm drinking some gin and some M&S Marks and Spencer's tonic water. So cheers to you. And yes, as I mentioned, it's been such a long time. I'm so sorry to all of my AWDC fam, all of the listeners and the supporters of the podcast. Life was just lifing, right? And just being an entrepreneur, running my business, it just took over and eight months flew by. And I also got into this podcasters kind of block if that makes sense so you know you have writer's block I kind of had um podcasters block and it just I just didn't know where I wanted to take the podcast I'm an independent podcast it's just me and Ryan who runs pure creation media and it takes a lot to get sponsorship for a podcast and to get the production right and it's just you really need the time and I just didn't have the time and so I felt since I did summer nights I did want to still keep the podcast going and let you all know what I'm working on and give you something of value but I just wasn't quite sure how I could do that on a consistent basis and so I've kind of just bitten the bullet and I've just said you know what it can be quite tricky to have a podcast where you have guests so I'm going to be back on a regular basis. I'll tell you more about that a bit later. But just thanks for rocking with me and bearing with me. Right, what have I been up to? Okay, so since I last recorded Summer Nights, which was the end of July, can you imagine? I delivered my first event, my first international event. So we took the Black Girls Tech Summit, which is run by my company, Girls Talk Corporation. Actually, big news. We used to be Girls Talk London. I don't know if anyone noticed in the intro, but now we're Girls Talk Corporation because we've gone international. We're now in 37 countries. And so last year, I we organised, my team and I organised our first Black Girls Tech Summit event in Berlin. And that was absolutely phenomenal. It was sponsored by Zalando, who are essentially the ASOS of, of Europe, a massive big fashion and tech company. And we had over 300 black women registered to attend. I think we had almost 200 in attendance and it was just fantastic. We we were connecting black black women in the German tech ecosystem with 
peers and inspirational role models. And then that was in October. And then in November, we organized the London version, which was hosted by Hogan Lovells, kindly. And uh, and then we had the virtual event. So all in all, we had over 3,100 registrations. So we were engaging with so many women um, who attended and joined us for all of those in-person and virtual events. And we were just exhausted. My team and I, especially me, I was shattered. So in December, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks after the Black Girls Tech Summit, the London one in November, I spent two weeks in South Africa and I had not been to South Africa. I've got family there. My mum's got a lot of her family who are based there. And I'd not been to South Africa since 2017. And so I went there with my best friend, Eleanor, and her mum, Rose, and my mum. And we had just the most lit time. I was hungover about 70% of the time. That essay wine, it will get you. So I was wounded for a lot of the time. I did a lot of partying and just socialising a bit too much. But it was so much fun. So we stayed in Johannesburg for the first week where we... Um, just caught up with family we did the touristy thing so we went to the apartheid museum we went to a safari and then just hung out and then Cape Town we went for a week there in Cape Town and it was just me and the golden girls uh, Rose and my mum and we had a blast we went to some wine tastings we went to the Robben Island when Nelson Mandela went to prison and did a few other touristy bits as well. So it was a really jam-packed December. We are now, as I mentioned, international. So our um, Talent Accelerator Programme, Step Up, it's now expanded in January. We expanded it to Germany, Singapore and India, thanks to our amazing partners, Vodafone. So there's been a lot of international work going on and sometimes I'm, I'm just, I work at a thousand miles per hour, so you can tell. Um, I was quite busy, but not alongside all of that, I'm also building an app. So we've just launched our web app. It's in beta mode. And this web app, it is going to connect by 2027. Our ambition is to connect 80,000 women all over the world to 1,000 businesses so that, so that women can access jobs and opportunities. We're going to have mentoring on our platform. We're going to have the, the function to have events so companies can really showcase their employer brand and host their own events on the platform, mentor women on the platform, but also female talent can market their skills, have a profile, they can apply for jobs, they can message with recruiters, recruiters can invite them to apply for jobs and the idea is we are saying to companies who are struggling to address gender inequality at this rate, it's going to be about over 200 years until we have gender equality and we're saying look, we want to build this platform to connect both groups together all over the world. So we're testing that in beta mode. We've got corporate partners, Virgin Media O2, Vodafone and BT, who I've just been so blessed to just support everything that I've been doing for the past seven years. And we also have um, locked in a five-year deal. We've got, we have got currently in our five-year deal with BT. We just announced a five-year deal with Virgin Media O2, which is fantastic. And they've, they actually funded the beta version for us. So we can test it out. So we've got it so far 
in beta with about 200 people are testing the platform. Um, and then what we're going to do is we've got a talent database of women. So we're migrating. We've got about 7,000, 7, sorry, not 700, 7,500 women who have registered on our talent database who are looking for jobs and opportunities. And we now have to, to start the process of migrating them over to the platform. And by the end of the year, we want to have at least 13,000 women who are active on the platform. And we want to have at least about 25 corporates on there um, who are going to really showcase jobs and opportunities globally. So as you can, as you can see, a lot of work that's been done to get us to beta. And because of this, we're also raising investment. So I never thought that I would raise investment. I think sometimes when you're like a social entrepreneur, people put you down, even though you've got a business that's been making profit, we are extremely profitable. But sometimes people can look down on what I do. I've experienced that and they think, oh, you're just doing this girl's thing. And they don't actually realize we're a global company. We have corporate clients that pay us some of the world's biggest companies but still I've always had that kind of resistance and sort of lack of I guess people taking me seriously so I never thought that raising investment would be for me I just thought you know what I'm just going to do my thing my own pace as long as I'm making a difference I'm cool and I can pay my bills and I, I can have some help and hire people I'm cool but I heard someone say that you should only raise investment when you need it and going through this journey of building this platform, it's going to take a lot of resources and that's in people and in money. So I'm raising our what we call our pre-seed round because even though I've been running Girls Talk for a number of years, I've never raised funding. So when if it's your first round of funding, it's called your pre-seed round. And this is so that we can expand into the United States. So the US actually is almost borderline, if not our biggest market or joint biggest market alongside the UK. So we've had so much demand from our work and services from our community. It's growing out, is massive in America. And so we want to expand into the US properly, like enter and really make a lot of traction in the US and dominate that market in terms of female talent and recruitment. And then we also want to do more work in Germany and Europe and also Africa. So that's a really big focus for us. So I'm raising investment. So that journey, I'm going to share more of that journey in my episodes, my later episodes, when I um, share more of my journey on this podcast with you, but that's a taster. So as you can see, it's been quite, you know, busy in terms of you have to get your pitch deck together and then just reach out to, to investors. And I've just had, yeah, you on this journey, I've had so many no's. Black women get 0.8 not two percent of investment from venture capitalists so as you can imagine the hill that i'm climbing is table mountain it's mount everest it's victoria falls it's mighty so i'm not deterred though i am determined because i know that i've got a really fantastic awesome business and i know my skills as a leader like when i am ceo in and if i can really get in my bag I know I can, I've got this and I know that I can achieve my goals. So that's what I've been working on. So you can see why I've been absent and MIA for eight months. But as I mentioned, I want to be sharing more of my journey with you on each episode. I want to be open and transparent. I feel like there's a gap and a need for my voice as a black female entrepreneur. 
I feel like it's needed, especially in the UK business and careers podcast space. And I feel that I want to be as transparent with you all as I possibly can, but whilst protecting myself, because what I found is sometimes when I share on social media and I'm pulling back on social media, I find that sometimes people have assumptions about me. There's a lot of jealousy about me, which is crazy because I feel like um, if only people knew the behind the scenes, but there is jealousy. And I think people also feel like they know you And that can have repercussions when you're trying to sort of be in a professional working environment. So for example, for my Instagram, I don't share on my stories any of my personal shenanigans apart from my close friends at the weekends. So I'm now keeping it professional because I just felt that sometimes you have to protect your space. I've got to protect my family. I want to protect how I live my life. I don't want people making their assumptions about me, which aren't true. And just having what we call like, monitoring spirits and evil eye I just that's not really working for me so I think on this podcast I'm going to share as much as I can that's going to be safe for me as well so I'll be back on a weekly basis I'm going to really be committed now and I think I'm going to be open I'm going to do this as long as I want to so right now whilst we're trying to get into the flow of guests and Every week I'll come back with maybe some shorter episodes, so the episodes will be shorter, but I at least want to just share with you my journey for the week, we'll talk about what's been going on, what, what the tea is, and then I want to get some interaction from you, the listeners. So we've got a new email, it's afterworkdrinksclub at gmail.com, so if you've got any questions, if you want any advice about business, or if you have any questions about things that may be you're going through and then you want to know if I've gone through it to share what I've learned, please send me your uh, your questions. So it's afterworkdrinksclub at gmail.com and I will answer them on my podcast. And I am going to film my episodes, but I'm waiting on, on a new wig, everyone. So once my wig comes, I need to email my wigologist to tell her <laughs> she's actually due. It's actually like it's due now. It's a bit late. So once I get my wig, I will actually be recording the visuals for my podcast and it will be, you can watch it, I think on Spotify and then on YouTube as well. So that's what I will be um, doing going forward. Right, host of the week. So what's my highlight of the week so far? So I'd say for the past week, my highlight has been the Thursday. So I had a really great Thursday. I went to, so last week was International Women's Day. That was the 8th of March. So March for me is a really busy time. I get asked to do a lot of workshops and speaking gigs. So I delivered a workshop for Westfield. So they're the shopping centre, but the Westfield corporate arm, they invited me to give a workshop for some of their female employees on imposter syndrome which was great, so imposter syndrome and confidence, I really loved my time with the women, their offices are just gorgeous, but obviously they're in construction and retail, so I would expect it, but the team was just so lovely, and I got so much out of it, and then I did a talk with some of their male colleagues around how we can support women to progress in the workplace, it was a very much an informal format, and I just had a really awesome time then in the evening, I went to an event with Brum, Brummel 
magazine. They had a private um, evening with luxury watchmaker Brugeot. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Brugeot. They are a Swiss watchmaker. And they, the founder, Brugeot, he actually made the first ever like proper watch in the world. And they gave us a private viewing of some of their watches. And also they gave us a talk about his life. His life is like a Tyler Perry movie. Like the drama was dramaring. I was like, no, I really, if I need to actually, I know who to email. I'm going to email Emma Cooper. I don't know if you remember, but she's now, well, she's my friend. She was um, the amazing director of my first episode. She has made so many um, documentaries and short films. Because I was thinking, who do I know who's got a connect at Netflix? I'm like, okay, I need to email Emma because I'm like, there needs to be a Netflix three to four part episode on this guy's watches. So one of his most expensive watches, it's worth a hundred million pounds. Essentially it got stolen. And then literally was the person who stole it, kept it under his bed for like 20, 30 years on his deathbed. He told his wife, yo, I stole this watch here, like cash it out when I'm dead so you can make some money. So his wife cashed out, like basically took the watch to a pawn shop and then it was in this London pawn shop, but nobody really knew it was like a Brugeau and um, a Brugette, whatever, however you pronounce it. Sorry, guys. And um, and so nobody knew it was a Brugeau, right? And then and then one of Brugeau's like diehard fans, this is why, you know, shout out to diehard stands. This guy was randomly walking in London and saw the Brugeau watch in the pawn shop window and was like, that's a Brugeau. And he bought the Brugeau off the pawn maker, right? And then um, and then he gave it to some, I think, a museum. He, he donated it to a museum. And then it's in Israel and it's valued at 100 million. Can you imagine? But I think there was some more pasta pasta there. So yeah, I need to, note, note to self, I need to, to email Emma because the tea was teeing. And yeah, shout out to them because I had so much champagne. I had a champagne headache the next day, but it was a lot of fun. Right, so now I've got a kind of a segment that I'm calling the tea. As I sip my tea, actually I'm sipping my gin. Um, and it's every week I'm going to give you a rundown on and my take on business news and also what I've been up to. So I've told you what I've been up to, but there's two stories that I really want to cover this week. And the first one has been blowing up. Silicon Valley Bank, the collapse of the US-based bank is a madness. So they actually, I went to an event called the Culture Shift Summit. It was in London it was actually an event that came from America and their aim is they want to put two billion US dollars into diverse founders. So it's founders who are from ethnic minorities like me. So they had an event in London that was sponsored actually by Silicon Valley Bank. And what's mad is right where I'm recording my podcast in my spare room, we all had like a Silicon Valley notebook, Silico- Silicon Valley Bank notebook. And I'm just looking at it now and it's so, it's just shocking. Like who knew a month later it would be bust. So they 
around 75% or just over 75% of UK tech startups, they bank with Silicon Valley Bank. And now I'm seeing a lot of people that I know who've got amazing startups, they can't make payroll. So because of the collapse of this bank, and I'll talk a bit about the story and I'll catch you up, they can't access their their money. So I, I even had one supplier email us and say, don't pay any of our invoices because we can't pay, we can't um, access our bank accounts. So SVB, they collapse in the US because they failed to raise 2.25 billion US dollars. And that was to plug a loss from the sale of assets. So these are mainly US government bonds that they had to, to sell. Um, and they were affected by really high interest rates, okay? So what happened was because of this, people just went into a, a panic and they were just withdrawing loads of money and we're talking billions. And this just sparked investor fears about what's the general state of the banking sector. So Silicon Valley Bank, they specialize in lending to early stage businesses. And as I mentioned, they literally served half in terms of the US venture backed tech and healthcare companies. And the the companies that banked with Silicon Valley, Valley Bank, they were listed on the stock markets last year. So they were some big, big, you know, big, big companies that were doing really well. And the history of the the, the firm, they, they started in California in 1983. M- rapid expansion globally over the last decade. They, they employed more than 8,500 people globally, but most of their staff was in the US and most of their operations was, you know, in the, in the US. So as I mentioned, because there were so many clients withdrawing deposits, it just snowballed last week. And sadly, it looks like I'm recording my podcast on a Sunday night, so it will come out on Monday. But it looks like Silicon Valley Bank UK, which they've stopped making payments or accepting deposits, it's likely that they'll go into insolvency, if not tonight or tomorrow. So what this means is if they go insolvent, so I've been reading the news and it seems that the government are trying to get Barclays to take over. And if Barclays can take over the debts and, you know, all of the money that's you know, in people's accounts, say, for example, all the money that is liable for, that means so many startups will, in fact, be able to get their funds back. But if they go insolvent, and if you had, even if you had maybe, and this is just my understanding, you could have a million pounds in your bank account, you're insured by the government by up to 85,000. So they've got the UK's deposit insurance scheme. So there's a pressure on Sunak and Jeremy Hunt to do something. They need to do something. This is just, you know, you've got venture capitalists. I'm raising investment now and I'm like, shit, guys, guys, this is the worst time for us. So get your act together. UK government, you can't let um, this bank just collapse. Let's hope Barclays pull through. And to be fair, I think Barclays would, would be the perfect buyer and bailout because they've just taken over Tech Nation's government program about startups they have this um they're now um delivering and rolling out Barclays Bank they're delivering out um like accelerators and supporting people with businesses in the UK so it actually would make sense for them to actually take over Silicon Valley Bank so let's keep our fingers crossed I remember when I started working in the 2008 
just after the 2008 financial crisis, I ended up taking a temp job at Barclays and they had just taken over Lehman Brothers. So Barclays might be like, oh, child, UK government, really? Again, you're calling on, you're calling on us again, baby. But Barclays to the rescue, or it could be Lloyd's. I heard, I've heard, seen on the news as well, it could be Lloyd's. So I think for me, what I've been thinking of is just all of the people who... I just feel sorry for you. Like if you have a business account with Silicon Valley Bank and I just can't imagine not being able to access money in my account, like my business account. Like how do you function on a day to day? It is everyone's worst nightmare. And I'm just, I just feel for them as a founder. I think what I've learned is I need to also check insurance and see if just what my insurance policies are saying and if there's insurance we're just trying to learn from this where you're protected for for everything that you put in your account for example if if you've got a million pounds cash where there could be an insurance policy that actually gives you the money um rather than the 85k that uk banks that the, that the uk deposit insurance scheme will give you but also i think what it's taught me is my friend Kike actually, she runs the Black Young Professionals Network and she was saying on her Twitter that she only used Silicon Valley Bank to to facilitate her payroll. So she would have like a separate business bank account where all her invoices would go into and then she would transfer her money from there into the Silicon Valley Bank account just to do payroll. Anyway, Kike is a G. She is so smart. So I thought that is such a smart thing. So I'm thinking actually, as I raise investment, I need to make sure I diversify, at least have another account, maybe just for payroll, because you just need to be really, really sure about what's happening and also uh, insurance. So my thoughts are with everyone affected. I just, I'm, I'm rooting for you and hopefully there is some resolve. Let me know what your thoughts are actually. Um, let me know on Instagram at Afterwork Drinks Club. You can tag me on there or tag me on Twitter at Vanessa Sanyake. Let me know your thoughts about what you think about the Silicon Valley Bank and what this will mean for the startup scene in the UK. Right. The last tea that I want to say before I bounce. Actually, now I've got an, I've got another feature actually <laughs> before I was looking at my uh, my show notes. This is the last feature for the tea section. Gary Lineker. Right. So for my US babes or my international babes, you know, my booze, non-binaries, I'll put I'll get you up to speed. So in the UK, there has been like a shitstorm of Gary Lineker. Now, Gary Lineker, I'm obsessed with football. So he is like the Michael Jordan. He's our Michael Jordan, right? Um, a legend in football. So Gary Lineker was the host of Match of the Day, which was a Saturday night program. And he would comment, he was a commentator as well for the BBC on all things football. So Match of the Day would talk about the biggest football matches in the UK. And he would, yeah, just present, you know, some highlights and talk about what's happening, what's happening in football. Now, Gary Lineker last week was told to step back from his presenting role of match of the day because of a post that he put out on social media. So his employer is the BBC, which is the British Broadcasting Corporation, and it's a public-owned broadcaster. So everyone in the UK who has a TV, we've got to pay them money, reluctantly. 
um, and they produce content for us, okay? It's TV and it's radio and it's podcasts, etc. And he was told that due to his comments, he was criticising the UK government's new asylum policy. And he tweeted um, that it is an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used by Germany in the 30s. And oh my God, everyone lost their wigs and weaves, okay? Uh, The BBC said it considered Lineker's um, recent social media activity to be a breach of guidelines. I don't know what guidelines that is. I think it's around being impartial. And then they said that that he should keep well away from taking sides on party political issues or political controversies, okay? Now, what this what this move did was cause a shitstorm because the BBC did not realise that Gary Lineker and his friends were gonna and his co-hosts were gonna stand in solidarity. So, that, so yesterday's episode basically it went out with no one basically no presenters no pundits so his um fellow co-host ian wright who i used to have a massive crush on ian wright and my favorite football team is our store ian wright is our he is like our lebron our kobe rest in peace he was the john and ian wright said that he would not appear in solidarity and ian wright tweeted everyone knows what match of the day means to me but i've told the bbc i won't be doing it tomorrow solidarity right then alan shearer another don in the football uk scene who also presents on the show said that he informed the bbc that i won't be appearing on match of the day tomorrow night then they were followed by um other commentators jermaine jenness and makai richards they also said that while they were not due to work on saturday's program they would not have appeared anyway okay and then um, ex-England player Alex Scott, she said that she would not go on the show. So basically the BBC could not find no man, no woman, no non-binary to fill in the slot. So now it's caused uproar. People are saying, BBC, what have you done? You know, this is a mess. So my thoughts are that the BBC, you really need to fix up because... We, the British public, we pay you our TV license. And what we don't pay the TV license for is for the BBC to dictate, right? Because if you're going to be impartial, then be impartial, right? Because why is Jeremy Clarkson still presenting on, on, on the BBC? Why? There's so many controversies, right? In regards to some BBC presenters and stuff, okay? But it seems like they're picking and choosing. And I think there needs to be a distinction between BBC as an entity, yes, and being impartial, because that's that makes sense. We're paying, as UK taxpayers, we're paying our TV licence, so yes, you've got to be impartial, but then the talent should be able to speak up. They should have the freedom, because what you don't want to, to do is get into the messy waters of censorship. When you're censoring and and dictating to your staff or your talent what they can and can't say. So I think they really need to learn from this because now they're like, oh my God, Gary, come back, come back. And it's like, what if Gary doesn't come back now? What if Gary's like, you know what, forget you lot. Like you embarrass me 
you tried it and actually I don't want to work with a corporation like that so I feel like they've messed themselves up so I'm going to be paying close attention to this but let me know what you think as well about this and your thoughts do the BBC need to fix up or does Gary need to fix up who whose side are you on I want to know right the next section I want to give a cheers to someone special who I feel is doing something amazing or who I'm proud of and I want to give a shout out to you so my cheers of the week goes out to Ryan who is my producer 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 and partner on the after work drinks club he also produces so many other awesome podcasts and he also works for a company called Max Created they're a podcast agency and they also well, Ryan actually produces the Blended uh, podcast, which is hosted by Katie Ferdinand. It's a UK-based podcast. And that podcast, there was an episode where Katie announced her second pregnancy and it got like 2 million views on social media, 2.1 million views. And the podcast has gone to the top of the iTunes charts for their category. And it's just doing so well. So just Ryan, I'm so proud of you. You have encouraged me so much along this podcasting journey. And it's been so great because I haven't felt alone because your passion for my podcast and just podcasting in general, it's so infectious. And it's just so nice to be around someone who loves podcasting as much as I do. You've been really patient with me as I've do lallied around of what I'm going to do with this podcast. And you just deserve this success. No one deserves this more than Ryan. He's worked so hard. He loves podcasting. He's super talented. And I'm so glad all of his amazing work is now being seen by millions of people around the world. So cheers to Ryan and cheers to everyone at Mags Creative. Well done on this amazing blended podcast. So clink clink to all of you. Right, so my last segment before we wrap up is I've got a segment called Spirit of the Week. Now, this is something that has moved me this week on a spiritual level. And I've got two shout outs actually for my Spirit of the Week. So my first Spirit of the Week. So when I went to the Brummel um, magazine um, private evening at Brujeau, I met Mary. Now, Mary is the founder of Now You're Talking Network. So they are a network that supports millennial women with loads of career stuff. So, you know, like upskilling um, women to get more confidence in the workplace. Um, and they do loads of events and workshops. Really, really great platform. So do support support her. And I saw Mary at the event and she has been a massive supporter of the podcast. And she was like... And I was still doolallying about whether I wanted to pick up a mic again. I just, I just, I don't know what it was. And she, and I, and she was asking me about the podcast and she was like, oh, I really love your podcast. Like it just gets me going. Like, I really feel we really need it. I really love it. And your content's amazing. Like you need to bring it back. And I just want to thank Mary because if she hadn't said that to me, I wouldn't have, I, I would have just procrastinated even more and it would have been like 2025 and I still wouldn't have started it. So Mary really encouraged me to just feel like, because all you need is just one person to listen other than my mum, you know? So for me, that meant a lot that actually there's someone that gets value from what I'm putting out there. 
and that encouraged me so my spirit of the week I want to shout out to Mary because you fed my spirit you gave me the motivation that I needed to just pick up the mic again and start doing what I really enjoy and love so thank you to you I also want to give a second shout out so I tuned in to a church service online it's a church that's in Lewisham called Tab London and they were talking about they were challenging some of their church members and everyone viewing to every day take 10 minutes out of their day to to perform a random act of kindness and to dedicate just 10 minutes every day to think about how they can make someone's life better and by giving their time or resources so they were saying for example you might be in a starbucks and there could be someone in front of you why don't you buy their coffee if you have the means to or you might be in the supermarket and maybe someone's in front of you how about paying for their groceries or if you don't have the finances doing something that doesn't really cost anything like maybe helping somebody with their shopping bags for example so for me that touched my spirit and I really want to be more giving more giving of my time more giving of my love to the right people and just thinking about how I can make a difference so shout out to Tab London and I just want to say I'm going to try that this week and I want to to invite you all as well to join me on how we can dedicate just 10 minutes a day to do something for somebody else so thanks to tab london for that right we've come to the end so i've i don't know i've broken my fast i don't know what you call it my podcasting fast it's over i'm back i really hope you've enjoyed this episode thanks for joining me and as always if you've learned anything from this episode if you've enjoyed it please please do share this episode with somebody who you think would benefit from it but most importantly please please it takes literally 10 seconds maybe this can be your random act of kindness leave me a comment on apple Podcasts, right and a five-star review on the platform and spotify because the more reviews we get it helps other people find us and don't forget Follow us on Instagram on at After Work Drinks Club and I will be back next week.